Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. And in Joshua chapter 6, if you're new to church or new to the Bible, let me uh, give you some background on this. Joshua chapter 6, the children of Israel, they had been in uh, captivity. They'd been in, in slavery for about 400 years. And so for 400 years, and then they were oppressed by the Egyptians who were the superpower of that day. Then God miraculously set them free uh, from the, the plagues, and the plagues came in, and then finally they got set free. They got to the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Then they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years, and they are on the cusp of entering into this land that God has promised for them. Moses, their leader, the guy who gave them the Ten Commandments that God gave the Ten Commandments to, he's died. Joshua, who was the general in charge of Israel's army, is now in charge, and he's going to lead the children of Israel into the land. But they have a problem, and the problem they have is this, this city called Jericho, which was a powerful force. Their walls, they had two separate sets of walls. They sat on a hill, and these walls were about four stories high and about six feet thick, and nobody could conquer Jericho. And here they go into their promised land. This is the very first battle that they've got to face. Uh, By the way, if you don't have a Bible, we give them away for free. So they're in the next step room. Come by and get one. Or if you're on a mobile device and you don't have the Bible app, go to corechurch.com. You can download it there. I read out of the New Living Translation, so the NLT. Joshua chapter 6, let's go there. Verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. The seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. And then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Let's pray. God, thanks for uh, the chance we have to worship in your house today. And so now as we open your word, we are grateful for the few minutes that we get today to talk about you And church, I want to ask if you would, let's just pray for one another right now that we can collectively get our mindset on the word of God and what he wants to speak to each of us individually, but also to those around us. And then pray for me as your pastor, that I'm going to be faithful to the text and what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to all of us um, collectively. And if you're ready uh, for playlists to begin, in Jesus' name, let's give a big amen. Well, you may be seated. Joshua 6.1. Starts off by saying this, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. You ever feel that way? Like like you're staring down a Jericho and and the gates are tightly shut. There's no way you're you're getting to your promised land. I, I saw a video a couple of weeks ago of a guy who missed his plane at the airport. The gate was literally shut. Uh, but he wasn't going to let that stop him. Check out this video that somebody captured on their phone, okay? So this is a phone video. I don't know how well you can see it, but he's right there on the uh, ramp, and he's going to jump down. He will not be denied. I'm going to catch my flight, bags and all. So he goes over to the, um, the baggage handler guy here, bangs on the door. The guy's like, I don't think so. Drives off. Is he stopped? No, he is not going to quit. He's going to keep going. He is determined to get on this plane. 
So he runs out. He sees the baggage handler for his plane. Runs over to this guy and says, hey, I need to get on that plane right there. And would you believe they let him on the plane? So much for security. (laughs) They let him on the plane. Now, the, the funny part about that is that when the plane landed, he was immediately arrested. So it didn't, it didn't work out that well for him. So let me ask you again, what, what gates are tightly shut in your life? Where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need the walls to come down? Is it in a relationship? Maybe there's a relationship that right now is not operating on all cylinders. And things are not as you think they should be. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your finances and the bills are continuing to add up. And when I talked about the offering and I talked about the financial miracle, you even participating in that at any level was such a stretch for you. And you, you thought, man, I've heard about all these financial breakthroughs that everybody else has given, but you, you still haven't gotten your financial breakthrough. Or maybe you're just excited because it's a long weekend and you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. Anybody in the house excited about that? Because you're, you're looking at your job, and your job is not everything you hoped it would be. You need a, a breakthrough at work. It might be class. Some of our, our high school and college students, you're off right now, so you don't have to go to class tomorrow. Maybe it's something to do with that, or maybe it's something to do with your health. Your health is not where it's supposed to be. Or maybe it's just a, a sin or a habit. There's some habit in your life that you keep trying to conquer And you need those walls to come down, but they are not coming down. Just like for Joshua, the gates are tightly shut. Like, you're living the lyrics of that song. It's been no bed of roses. It's been no pleasure cruise. Turn to somebody and tell them, it ain't been no bed of roses for me. It ain't been no bed of roses. We all have a Jericho or something we need to come down. And and like like the guy on the video that you saw just a moment ago, you, you see where you want to be, but you can't get there. You ever been like that guy where you just force it? We're just like, well, forget this. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's happening. I'm going to make this happen. How's that working for you? Not very good, is it? You ever try to force things in a relationship? To, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix it right now. It just gets, it just gets worse. You try to, I'm going to fix my finances. I'm going to fix work. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix my kids. I'm going to fix my parents. I'm going to fix this friendship. Whatever it is, and you force it. I, I have this saying that I, I've told my kids for years, and it started with my oldest son when he was little, and we just, they know it by heart. You force it, you break it. You force it, you break it. Turn to somebody and tell them, you force it. You break it. You force it, you break it. That's, that's a principle. Somebody needs to write that down and tweet that out because that's good preaching right there. I mean, if you force it in life, you're probably going to break it. So, so what can we do? What can we do to get our, our breakthrough? Because you feel like this guy and you want to get your breakthrough, but when you force it, things don't turn out as you want. So let's go back to Joshua chapter 6. Because Israel, Israel could see where they wanted to be. They just couldn't get there because they got Jericho in the way. 
Look at verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because what? Let's say this together. Because what? The people were afraid of the Israelites. The biggest obstacle to every breakthrough is fear. Every time. Fear is the greatest obstacle to your breakthrough. I got all kinds of things that I'm afraid of and things that bother me. My greatest fear, snakes. I do not like snakes. I can't handle snakes. It's just I don't care how big or how small. I, they just creep me out. I don't want it near me. I don't like them. So a couple of weeks ago, I come into the office, and everybody's standing around, and there's this buzz, and, and I hear somebody say, man, it was the coolest thing ever. And I come up, I'm like, what? What was the coolest thing ever? And they're like, oh, you should have seen it, man. Just like earlier today, there was a snake that came out of the brush, across the parking lot, into the grass, and wrapped up around the tree just outside the door. That is not the coolest thing ever. That's the creepiest thing ever. Everybody's excited. I got chills. I'm like, ah. Now, I can't remember how big they said it was. I think it was like, I think it was like 16 feet. It was a boa constrictor that it was, it was, it was that, it was huge. And so normally, here's, here's how I normally roll into work. I roll into work like as I just drive up to work. I get out of my car, and I walk right into the office. I do that every day. I drive up to work. I get out of my car and go into the office. You think that's how I come to work now? People, this is like three or four weeks ago. I pull in to the office, and here's what I do. I am looking at that tree to see if there's anything moving. Then I'm opening the door. Do you think I'm just jumping out of my car? Oh, no, snakes move fast, man. He could be underneath the vehicle anywhere like this. And then I just like, one, two, three, boom, I'm out, and I'm up the door. I'm in, slam it, lock it, because snakes can pick locks. They are very, very good at picking locks. Fear, fear can keep you from your breakthrough. But in this story, we're not the ones who are supposed to be afraid. Look look what it says back in verse 1. It says what? The people were afraid of the Israelites. Not, Not the Israelites being afraid, but the people in Jericho were afraid of them. Why were they afraid of them? Well, the reason they were afraid of them is because they had heard the stories. They had heard the stories about, man, they they were enslaved in Egypt by the superpower to end all superpowers. And God sent all those crazy plagues, set them free. And then they get to this Red Sea. God parts this Red Sea and all these Egyptian chariots come after them and they get drowned in this ocean. And so the people of Jericho are freaking out and they know what is about to come down on them. Here's the thing. The enemy is not afraid of you. Turn to somebody and tell them, he ain't afraid of you. The enemy is not afraid of you. He's afraid of the one who's backing you. Oh, that is where you are supposed to say amen because that's good preaching. He is not afraid of you, but he is afraid of the one who's backing you. This is what's happening in the story right here. The enemy is afraid because they aren't afraid of the Israelites. They just know they're afraid of the Israelites' God. 
And in Joshua chapter 1, if you go back to chapter 1 and verse 9, the Lord speaking to Joshua says this, very famous passage of Scripture. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Come on, let's say this together. For what? The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Turn to somebody and say, God's got your back. God has got your back. Listen, we are champions, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. We are not champions because of who we are. We are champions because of who he is. See, God gave Joshua a promise. If you want to write this down, it's the promise that brings the courage. If you're taking notes, write that down. You need to remember that. It's the promise that brings the courage. Listen, when when you are certain of God's promise that he's given to you, you can press through fear. If you are uncertain of God's promise, uncertain of God being with you, uncertain of his presence, uncertain if he's going to back you like he did them, you will not press through. But when you know you got a promise and you understand the God who is on your side, you can stand up to anything, anyone, anywhere, and you can press through to your promise. So here's the promise that God gave to Joshua. Verse 2. This is a verse, if you've been coming the past month, you've heard me say this verse over and over. I'm not just preaching it today. I've been preaching this for about six weeks. And he says this is God's promise to Joshua. I have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho. That's the promise that God gave to us as a church. I remember the middle of July when I was reading through the book of Joshua, chapter 6, over and over. Every day for six weeks, I, I began to read read it over and over. just felt like God wanted me to read it over and over again. And I kept reading it. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of July... At that altar right over there when I was here at 6 a.m. in the morning praying and seeking God on behalf of our church. And God said to me, Brad, stop asking for something I've already given you. Stop asking for something I've already promised to you. And start thanking me. Start praising me. Start believing me that I have given you. Not I might give it to you. Not God's not saying, hey, you know what? That relationship breakthrough, that health breakthrough, that financial breakthrough, whatever the wall is you need to come down, hey, I might give that to you if you're good enough. You know, I'm hoping to give that to you one day. I hope. I I mean, mean, don't, don't hold me to it, but I'm hoping to. No, when God gives a promise, it's an I have type of promise. It's Think about the lyrics of the song. It's not we're going to be the champions. It's not, we might be the champions, we hope to be the champions, it's we are the champions. Romans 8.37, the Apostle Paul writes these words, we are more than conquerors, what? Through him who loved us. The enemy, not afraid of you, he's afraid of the one who's backing you. Listen, we're not champions because of who we are. We are champions because of who he is. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, as I preach this, the question that comes up over and over in your mind that you may be thinking over, it's like, okay, this is great. This is great, but how do I know? How, how can I be certain 
that God has given me the promise. How do I know it's a take it to the bank kind of promise? That's a great question that deserves an answer. And here's the answer I would give to you. We were in our series called Prayerful uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And during that series, we went through the book, With Christ in the School of Prayer by Andrew Murray. I, I recommend you get that book. We had it online for free. You can't get it online for free anymore. But if you just get it from Amazon, it's like a buck to buy one from Amazon. But that's a great book if you need to learn about the promises of God. Andrew Murray, With Christ. An amazing book. It's one of my top ten reads that I absolutely love. In that book, he talks about how do you know you can have confidence and an assurance in the promise of God. And he gives you three things. And I want you to write these three down because these are the three that you can look at and say, this is how I know. Number one, prayer. Number two, the word. And number three, the Holy Spirit. Number one, prayer. Number two, the word. And number three, the Holy Spirit. This is what Andrew Murray talks about. He talks about prayer. Have you prayed about it? How big is your Jericho? The bigger your Jericho is, the more you need to be praying about it. You may need to add fasting to it. Prayer and fasting. Is it, did you just throw up a one-time prayer? Or are you really praying every day, believing God and looking for him to answer? The Word. Are you in the Word every day? Are you in His Word every day? Because the way that God speaks to us, people say, man, how do I know God speaks to me? He speaks to us through this, through the Word. That's how He speaks to us. So am I in the Word? Because if you're not in the Word, if you're never reading the Bible, if you're never looking towards us, He can't give you a promise if you're never looking at the promises. So am I in the Word? And then the third thing is the Holy Spirit. Is my life yielded and surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Taking a good hard look at your life and saying, am I living it my way or am I living my life God's way? When, when our church was going through this, this financial obstacle that we were facing I knew that I needed to be rock solid in the promise that God had given to us. And so there was a time there where I was praying and I was fasting and I was seeking God. And then he began to speak to me through Joshua chapter 6. But that wasn't just enough for me. I, I prayed and then I received the promise from the word. But I said, God, I just need your assurance and I need your confidence. And the longer this went on, the longer that we kept moving through that offering over the course of weeks, the more confident I became that God was going to answer. So... Joshua, Joshua is looking at these walls that he has before him, and what does he do? If you read through the life and the account of Joshua, he's praying, he's talking with God, he's having a conversation with God, and God is speaking to him, and, and he's telling God, hey, how are we going to go in there, what's going to happen, what's going to do this, and, and he's having this conversation with God. And then what you see through Joshua's life is he was a man of the word. It says over and over again that he pressed into the book of the law. The, the, the law that God had given to, to Moses. And so he said, I'm going to not deviate from this word. And he would look to the word of God. But not just that, but he had this inner confidence that God was 
with him. He talked with God. He read God's word. He had the confidence that the spirit was with him. And it's those three things working together, prayer and the word and hearing from the spirit of God that will give you the assurance and the confidence that this promise I have is from God. And when God gives you that kind of assurance and that promise, you can press through. See, this is the thing about Joshua. We don't we look at Joshua and we think he just marched around these walls for seven days. And man, that's not very long. You know, well, of course, for Joshua, it wasn't really that. I mean, come on, really, let's be honest. It's just seven days. I mean, I, Brad, I've, been, I've been praying for a decade. Do you know Joshua, it wasn't just seven days for him. It was 40 years. 40 years. He goes through the Red Sea. They're about to enter the promised land. Him and his buddy, Caleb, they go in, they check out the land. They're like, yep, we can take it. Yep, God's promised it to us. And the people did not believe. And so they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Can you just see Joshua every day in the wilderness for 40 years? He's walking around in the wilderness and he's saying, no, God's going to do it. No, God's, God's going to do it. I'm telling you, God is going to do it. And another year and another year. No, but I'm just telling you, I have this confidence from God. He's going to do it. Really? It's been like 37 years, Joshua. Give up on your promise, Joshua. 37 years, okay? I've waited a long time for promises. I'm telling you, I ain't waited 40 years. I have not waited that long for any promise. Maybe some of you have. But Joshua waited, and he had a promise from the Lord, and he would not be denied that because it's the promise that brings that courage, and he kept believing. I kind of think that when he was in the middle of it, he saw the people grumbling because the people of Israel said that they they grumbled and they complained. They're like, oh, we just go back to Egypt, man. We're sitting here in the desert, and we're just eating this stuff called manna, which means, I mean, it just literally means, and, and they're eating this, and they, they don't have enough water. Things aren't going right for them. And they're just like, let's just give up. And Joshua never quits because I think he looked at that, and he said, no, no, no. Those of you that want to go back to Egypt, those of you that don't believe the promise of God, you ain't going to get the promise of God. And I refuse to be that person, and I'm going to believe the promise of God. I, I think it's just kind of like that guy at the airport who just kind of busted through and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my promise. I'm going to get it. Well, you got it all right. You ended up in a worse place. And that's what can happen to us if we don't persevere, if we don't trust, if we don't wait on the Lord. But when you pray, when you look to his word, and when you believe and submit your life to the work of the Holy Spirit, you can count on the promise of God no matter how long it takes for that promise to come through. Don't write the end of your story before it's been written. Don't write the end of your story before it's been written. So many of us, that's just exactly what we do. Well, that's never going to happen. Well, this relationship's never going to be repaired. Uh, This is how my finances are going to end up. You got yourself all the way jacked up and messed up. And my health is never going to improve. I'm always going to walk with this limp. I'm always going to have this problem. I'm never going to overcome this habit. This sin, I'm just going to just forget it. This is the thing that trips so many people up. This is what drags so many people out of the house of God because they run into the house of God. And they look for the promise, and when it doesn't happen immediately, they just run right back out of the house of God. And you can't do that. you got to keep pressing 
in. You got to keep believing. I would say it this way if you're taking notes, write this down. I will believe in faith until God tells me otherwise. That's just kind of a promise I've learned to live by. You know what? You say whatever you want. I'm just going to believe in faith until God tells me otherwise. This, this is the way I walked, people, for when we had that, that shortfall. And every week you heard me stand up and go, well, we ain't got it yet. Well, we ain't got it yet. Do you think 100% of the people in this congregation were going, oh, pastor, I know the Lord's going to come through. Hallelujah. He's going to do the miracle. I wish. But that's not the way it always is. People coming, man, oh, what are you going to do if he doesn't do it? What are we going to do? What are you going to say if he doesn't come through? How are we going to pay that bill? What's going to happen with this? And all I could think was, I'm just going to believe in faith until God tells me otherwise. I know the deadline, and so I'm just going to keep believing the promise until God tells me otherwise. Uh, listen, if, if you're kind of that want want person, they're never going to change. This is never going to happen for me. Can I challenge you to get a new mindset? You got to be like the children of Israel. You got to be like Joshua here. You got to get a, a new mindset. You got to get a, a picture of living in your promised land. I saw this new 3D design software they have out. It's the coolest thing ever. They can take your like kitchen and they can show you what it would look like with brand new cabinets, with a brand new uh, uh, washer, and a brand new dishwasher, a brand new stove, brand new floor. And they can take it, and through 3D technology, they can show you this is what your kitchen can look like. It is a woman's dream and a man's nightmare, okay? It is just awful because it shows you that's what it can look like. That's what my house could look like. Listen, I think when the children of Israel went and started marching around those walls, I think what happened to them when they marched around the walls, I think they started to get a 3D faith mindset. I think what happened is they got around the backside of Jericho and, and uh, oh, because Jericho suddenly was behind them and, and suddenly they, they, could, they could see the promised land without the obstacle. And I mean, I just have this thought that as they're marching around and they get around the backside and they're looking, the guy's like, they see these beautiful rolling hills and they, and they see the trees and they see all the fruit and they see all the things that Joshua had told them about. And then they get this 3D mindset, this faith mindset. And all of a sudden they're like, man, whew, right there, that's where I'm going to build my house. That is where I'm going to park my chariot with the four by four, sweet 20 inch rims. It's going to be sitting right there in that driveway right there. And they got this mindset. That's what you and I have to do. We have to get a different mindset. You got to almost look through your Jericho. You got to look past your Jericho into the promise. And you got to start thinking differently. You got to have a faith mindset. Here's what I mean by that. You got to say, you know what? My marriage will be restored. Begin to get a faith mindset. Begin to get a new mindset. Instead of seeing your that relationship destroyed, what if you began to see yourself, man, I just see us holding hands again. I see us going out on a date night. I see us laughing again. Man, you got to get a new mindset. Even about some of you for your children, your, your kid's like three years old. You've already given up on them. <laughs> it's like, oh, forget it. That was That was a disaster. I don't know what happened there. They're not ever going to, nothing's going to come of them. They're three. 
You got to get a good mindset for your kid. Start looking at them and believing and saying, you know what? That kid is going to be somebody someday. That kid, I'm going to look for the gift and the talent and things in that child. I'm going to begin seeing good things in their life. I'm going to start believing good things for them. You know, that job that you got, you got to start seeing it differently. I see myself with that promotion. I see myself doing good things. I see myself. If you got a dream, have you got a dream? When you think about your dream, how do you think about your dream? Well, it'd be great. I just don't have any money. Wah, wah. Well, you know, it'd be great to do that, open up that new business, you know, but I don't have the education. Wah, wah. What if you had a different mindset? What if, what if you looked past your Jericho? What if you began seeing your dream come true? What if you began seeing that promise that God had put in you and you started looking at it differently? And you started seeing that this is what this is going to look like. This is what the business is going to look like. And this is what the, then the sales, and I'm going to have some customers, and this is going to happen, or I'm going to be over here, and I'm going to, this is going to, I mean, just start getting a new mindset for it. What about that sin that constantly keeps tripping you up? What if instead of just looking at it from the Jericho standpoint and saying, man, I am always going to be defeated. Every time I go on the internet, I click on that junk. Every time, and you get up and you go to get on the internet, and you're like, oh, here I go again. I know what's going to happen. What if you changed your mindset? What if you saw yourself getting on the internet, and instead of clicking on that junk, you saw yourself, no, I'm not clicking on that. I'm clicking on other things. No, I have the power of the God within me, and the power of the Holy Spirit within me is going to help me to overcome that when I see that sight, I will not go to that sight anymore because that's not who I am. Or whatever that habit is, or whatever that sin is, what if you had a different mindset? Because I think the children of Israel, they had a different mindset, a 3D mindset. And man, they had to just keep moving because the Israelites, they, they marched around these walls 12 times for seven days and nothing changed. I mean, man, can you imagine that? You're going up against this unbelievable force, you get up, you march around, you come back to camp, nothing. Get up the next day, we're going to march again. Come back to camp, nothing. Not six days, but seven days. And then on the seventh day, they go around the thing seven times. One time, two times, three times. The sixth time around, the seventh time around, nothing. Nothing is that. This reminds me of my, my granddaughter. She started elementary school for the very first time, and she went off to school, and she was all super excited. And after school, she was ticked off. And her mom's like, why are you so upset? And she said, because they didn't teach me how to read today. You're six. It takes a little longer than just one day. Are we the same way? I prayed one time. And the walls didn't come down? Come on, God, where are you? It's because we have, can I just step on your toes a little bit? Because you're a little bit elementary in your faith? Because you're not mature in your faith? And you got to grow up a little bit in the Lord to say, okay, wait a second. Maybe it's going to take more than, than one prayer. Maybe it's going to take some time. I don't know what that timeline is for you. But what is the timeline that God has for you? God has a promised land for you, but you're going to have to go through the Jericho to get to that promise. 
I asked the band if they'd come help me because I wanted them to help me with this, this last part of the message because I think it will really kind of give you a, a good mindset of kind of what this looked like for the children of Israel and, and, and what it looks like for us. In, in verse 16, it says this, the seventh time, the seventh time, let's say that together, the seventh time around. Are you willing to go one more time around? Are you willing to go around one more time? And as the priest sounded the long blast on the horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. And what you may or may not know is they, they when they marched, they marched not shouting and screaming, but each time they went around those walls, they marched in silence. And I was after thinking about what that must have sounded like as this massive army began to march around the town each and every day. So I asked the band if they would help me with this. And I think this is kind of what it must have sounded like as they began to march around the town. They began to step out, they got all their gear, got all their stuff, and they began to, to march. Nobody's talking, but they're moving. Day after day, after day, after day. Going back to camp, nothing. Nothing's changing, but they're still moving, and they're still believing. And they're still trusting. And, and then all of a sudden, Joshua, seventh day, seventh time around, Joshua says, all right, now I want you to give a shout to the Lord. We will, we will rock you. So they begin to shout. We will, we will over rock and you. over again to the Lord. We will, we will and then all of a sudden, the, the ground starts shaking a little will, bit under their feet. They look up and they're like, it's like a good old Oklahoma earthquake. We will, we will and they start seeing these walls come down. Listen, here's what I want you to know. God wants to bring down the walls of your life. But you got to keep moving. you got to keep trusting. you got to keep believing. And he's going to bring down the walls. Keep moving. Get a 3D faith mindset. There's my promise. I'm going to overcome the Jericho. And I'm going to see God do an amazing thing in my life in Jesus' name. Let's give God a big hand clap. Come on. If you are believing for a promise, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you, God, in this place today for what you're doing. We thank you, God, for your promises. We thank you, God, for your hope. We thank you that you are the one who speaks into our lives to give us confidence to trust you, to look to you. So what's the Jericho in your way? What is it that's in your way? I want you to think about that for a moment. Maybe if you're a follower of Jesus and you've got a Jericho that you're facing, here's what I... I want you to do, I want you just to surrender right now. Surrender to him. 
God, have your way. If you've got a Jericho you're facing, I want you to grab a next step card in the chair back in front of you. And I just want you to write down, man, I'm surrendering this to God. We want to pray with you. We want to join with you in in prayer and trusting that God's going to help you. He's going to give you the confidence as you begin to trust him. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you've never made a commitment to follow him, or maybe you've been away from him for a very, very long time. You say, man, Brad, I I need to come back to him because I haven't believed for a long time. I want to encourage you today that God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus did come, God in the flesh. And listen, he overcame all of our Jerichos through the cross. What looked like a great defeat became the greatest victory the world has ever seen. The death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He can do that for you as well. So if today you say, man, today I need to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to do that for the very first time. Or maybe you've been away from him for a long time. I want you to grab a next step card right now. Just in the chair back in front of you. Grab that next step card. Just check that box today that I'm making a commitment to follow Jesus. Then I'm coming back to him. Father, thank you as we come to commit these things to you, to trust you, that you're going to help us. May you be glorified. May you be honored through our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.